spiritual excursion of James chapter 1. And we shall drop our spiritual anchors and feast upon James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And for our sermon purposes today, we shall only focus upon verse 5. Our message is entitled, Wisdom to Know You Don't Know. Wisdom to Know You Don't Know. Who among us has faced a situation or circumstance in which we simply did not know what to do or how to respond? Wisdom sometimes comes from the mouths of children and listen to these young children say such wisdom from their little mouths. Patrick, age 10, he said, never trust a dog to watch your food. Michael, age 14, when your dad is mad and asks you, do I look stupid, don't answer him. <laughs> Joel, age 10, don't pick, up, don't pick on your sister when she's holding a baseball bat. And little Eileen said at age 8, never try to baptize a cat. <laughs> There was the old Southern Baptist preacher, his name was Vance Havner, and he once said, if you lack knowledge, go to school. If you lack wisdom, get on your knees. Knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is the proper use of knowledge. This morning, we're going to look at two points, lacking wisdom and pursuing wisdom. So let's prepare ourselves to hear a word from God. And our first point is lacking wisdom, and we find these words, but if any of you lacks wisdom. As you may recall, the historical setting found the early church facing persecution, causing the saints to be scattered abroad. The saints were facing diver trials, resulting in the trying of their faith. We all have faced those faith trials when we didn't know what to do. Those times where we fail to take advantage of a divine resource that God says is available to every one of his children, and that is wisdom. James knew the saints would need God's wisdom to endure. Saints, James knew that the saints would need wisdom to be able to be patient. James knew that the saints would have to have wisdom to keep their focus on the purpose of the trials that they were facing. But James also understood that wisdom was essential, but it also could be elusive if not sought after. God is saying, I have a pot of wisdom waiting for you, but you won't just magically get it. You have to seek it from me. And some of us as children of God, when we're going through those trials, we don't go to God seeking. We begin to depend on our own knowledge and our own worldly wisdom. So in order for us to have an understanding of what this verse is talking about, we need to kind of have a working definition is what, what is meant by wisdom. Webster, which is a worldly definition, says the, wisdom is the ability to make right use of knowledge. That's a worldly definition. Someone said knowledge can be memorized. Wisdom must be prayerfully lived. 
See, knowledge is just facts. It's just information. And we can remember, we can memorize two plus two is four. That don't mean we got wisdom. That means we got soft knowledge. We can know that the state capital of Illinois is Chicago, right? <laughs> so we can memorize, and some of us remember back in school when we had those 50 capitals that we would have to kind of think up of, and we sit there saying, what are all these capitals? We can memorize it, but that's just knowledge. And see, what we're in now in this world that we live in, we're in an information boom. So we got knowledge at our fingertip to get information, to get facts. You know, I talked to one of my kids, and I said, do you know this? They said, I don't know, but I know how to get it. I can just Google it or ask Siri. <laughs> but what we're talking about here is a godly wisdom. Someone said, a wise man learns by the experience of others. An ordinary man learns by his own experience. A fool learns by nobody experience. Hebrew, the word wisdom in a godly definition is having the skills to live life according to God's plan, applying godly principles to life issues. Wisdom is the ability to discern what is true or right. J.I. Packer once said, wisdom is the power to see and the inclination to choose the best and highest goal together with the surest means of attaining it. Wisdom, therefore, involves the practical use of knowledge that enables a person to make right choices that honor God, Amen. not honor you. Because as soon as it's honoring you, it's nothing but worldly wisdom. So now we're starting to get to understanding what this word means in a spiritual belief system. Wisdom, the God-given ability to pursue, perceive the true nature of a matter and to implement the will of God in that matter. So when we're facing trials, that child of God seeks God for wisdom so they will know what to apply in that trial. And they're not applying it so they can get out of it. They're applying it to bring honor to God to show, I believe in you, I trust you, I have faith in you that if I apply your wisdom to this situation, everything will be all right. So see, that first thing is I got to have knowledge. I got to know the word. I can't be sitting up and saying I'm going to have wisdom and I don't know the word because wisdom is using the knowledge and the facts and the information of the scripture and now using wisdom to know how to apply it. So now when I'm in the middle of a trial and I don't know the word of God, I become one of those fanning Christians. Hoping that it's in there some way. Some of us as believers sometimes hope if I just open the Bible, it's going to open up magically to the verse I need. And God is saying that's the reason why you're in your word every day. That's the reason why you're studying the word of God. So you have the knowledge. So you don't have to always call somebody else and say, what should I do? Sometimes God is saying, you shouldn't be calling anybody. You should be relying on the knowledge I've already given you. Amen. So what does the scripture say? You said, that's Pastor Denny talking. He ain't got no authority. He don't want to care what he say. Well, that's true. Job 28, 28. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Have you ever, 
Have you ever had a friend, a family member, so they, don't, they won't listen to this tape when they come next week, so I, I'm saying this now. You got a family member or a friend that when you try to share gospel and the word with them, their response is, I don't want to hear that. That's just that, that's just that nonsense. Well, all you got to do now is just go back to Proverbs 1 and 7. God already got a word for them. And the word is they are a fool. Because they despise God's wisdom. So now you can understand that verse even better. God is saying, I am the source of all truth. There are no truths that don't come from me. I have all wisdom. Only a fool would sit there and say, I don't want to tap into that wisdom. And really a big fool if that person confessed to be a believer. I can kind of see sometimes where unbelievers say, well, that's, that's good for you. But we're starting to hear this come from believers. Yeah. Pastor Denny, he ain't going to counsel you. All he's going to do is tell you what's in the scripture. He ain't going to hug you. Now, I'm going to hug you all right. I'm going to hug you with the word all over you. And say, this is what God can say. I can't come up with any better information than God's got. So some people think they're so smart, they're so deep, they're so profound. All you're doing is repeating back what God has already said. Thanks be to God. We don't have to face the trials of life in our own wisdom unless we choose to. So when Joseph reads from Proverbs 3, 5 and talks about don't lean to your own understanding. Most of us know that one. That's one of the few verses that we kind of know by heart. Jesus wept in that one. We know those, those two we kind of know by heart. Then we sit and sinfully violate it every day. Because anytime you start talking about, I think, I believe, this is what I think, sin, 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 sin. Because God already told you what you think. Uh oh, no amens on that. Got quiet. The mic must have went out. So when Pastor Denny is saying he don't care what you think, that's where it's coming from. Because as soon as you start taking pride in what you think, and it don't match up with God, just start hearing fool. Maybe when you open your eyes, you'll see fool lights flashing. Because that's what you're acting like. James knew they lacked wisdom, and he encouraged them to seek the Lord for understanding. Rather than seeking to understand the why of their problems, James wanted them to come to a fuller understanding of who was in the midst of their problem. He said, God's not too concerned about you knowing the why. He wants you to know who the who is that's in the midst of this trial. See, sometimes we trying to always figure out, I don't know why this is happening. I'm trying to figure out why this happened. Well, I think this happened because A plus B is C and 1 plus 1 is 2. So that must be the reason why. And God is saying, you still focusing on the why instead of the who. And many of us, and I said us, that means I'm included, we get focused on the wrong thing. He's saying they were lacking wisdom and understanding because they were looking at their circumstances through worldly reasoning rather than godly wisdom. Mm. So the next time you're going through a trial, and I say if, the next time you're going through a trial, are you going through that trial with worldly reasoning 
or godly wisdom. And think back of all the trials that you had, no matter how many birthday candles that you had since you've accepted the Lord, how many of those did you approach with the perspective of using godly wisdom to endure versus your own worldly reasoning? I think I experienced this before, so since I experienced it, this is what I'm supposed to do in this situation. And God said, who told you that's what you're supposed to do in this situation? In every situation, you're supposed to be coming to me for wisdom to know how to handle the situation. This was a quote that I saw, and I said, I got to write this one down. We will never gain what we lack until we begin to look through eyes of faith towards the Lord Almighty. He said, I know you saints lack wisdom, and everybody in here lacks wisdom. If you didn't know that, get that one point, and you, if you don't get nothing else from the message and your mind goes somewhere else, get that one point. We all lack wisdom. But he says we're not going to gain what we lack until we begin to look at situations not as a worldly person, not as an unbeliever, not as a person who don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them, not as non-supernatural beings that we are. He says if you keep acting and looking at situations that way, you will constantly lack it. Because you're thinking you are smart enough to do this on your own. And he says that person is always going to be lacking. Because they actually think they can get victory without me. And God says, you can't get no victory. So we can sing all the songs we want. V-I-C-T-O-I, victory. Remember that song? You can sing all the songs you want. You ain't going to get no victory without him. You're not going to have success without him. So he already knows this. But some of us, like I said, we, we can get some degrees. And we can start talking. We can reach some points in social status that we start forgetting where we came from. Some of us are a little older, and we, I didn't have that problem, but some of us a little older, remember, come sometimes going to church and you had dirt on the floor. We fussing if the carpet don't match the chairs. God saying, don't forget where I brought you from. It wasn't your education that brought you. It was me. Mm. Scriptures. You say, well, Pastor Denny making up stuff again. Well, let's go to scriptures. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. So God is saying you need to value wisdom as the priceless thing that it is. See, some of us can remember when we were back in Sunday school, back in VBS when we were little kids. And one of the things we probably learned about Solomon, if you were a man or a boy at the time, what did you learn about Solomon if you were a boy or a man? Now they're going to be scared. Maybe they didn't learn nothing. Okay, so if, if you were a boy or a man and you learned about Solomon, one of the first things you thought about Solomon, man, he had a whole bunch of women. We, uh, all you guys don't act like you was in Sunday school all holy and stuff. No, you wasn't. A thousand concubines. You said, that's a player. A thousand of them. But then the Bible says, what was Solomon to be known for? 
he knew and understood the importance of wisdom. How many of us have lived our Christian life and we haven't focused on wisdom one bit? We ain't thought about it. We might have thought about knowledge and we sometimes praying for knowledge. And I tell some people sometimes you can quit praying for knowledge and now start praying for wisdom. Because sometimes it's not an issue that they don't have the information, they don't have the facts, they don't have the scriptures. They need the wisdom to know what to do with it. So he said, now we get to the second point. So we're glad we off that one. But this one probably not going to be any better. Pursuing wisdom. Let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we're going to look at three things. The source of wisdom, the supply of wisdom, the sympathy of wisdom. The first one, the source of wisdom. James knew they lived in a day where perceived wisdom was abundant. You got to remember, the Greeks prided themselves on their wisdom. They would sit around and have philosophy discussions. You would have your Socrates. You would have all these people. And they would just sit around the table and talk about how smart they were and how intelligent they were. And now, 2020, what do you hear in the United States? How smart people are. First thing they're going to tell you, what school they went to. And according to what school you say, people already got an indication this person must be very smart and wise. They'll say, I went to Harvard. I went to Yale. I went to Michigan. And then when they begin to talk, you start hearing the same things coming out of their mouths. And the sad thing is many of your Ivy League schools started off as Christian schools. That was their foundation. But they got so smart that they said, we can move God out of the picture and still be wise. And parents are sometimes spending $40,000, dollars $60,000 for their kids to learn secular wisdom. And then expect them when they come out that they're not going to have more faith in that than they do God. Because smart people think this way. Intelligent people think this way. Wise people think this way. And God is totally out of the picture. Society was greatly influenced by the philosophies of those days. It was a time of great minds. If we are to possess the wisdom we need, it must come from the Lord. So he says, let him ask of God. That means that God is not just going to sprinkle wisdom out to you if you don't ask for it. So just imagine God. Wisdom is this invaluable thing. It's, it's for our minds, wisdom will always equate to money. So let's say God's got a big old pot of, I don't know, what's the highest denomination of money? I know you high rollers know what it is. I thought it was a dollar, but a thousand? Okay, so you got a big old pot of thousand dollar bills. He says, all these thousand dollars are for you. All you got to do is ask me for it. It wouldn't be one of us wouldn't break our necks to be asking for some of that money in that pot. <laughs> we'd be breaking our neck. Even if we, even we had some bad legs, we'd be getting there. Why? Because we value it. We don't value God's wisdom. Because some of us think we don't need it. So now he's saying, if you want it, you got to ask me for it. 
And that would seem like it would be very simple because he wrote it in the scripture and he told you how you get it. You don't get it just by being a member of a church. You don't just get it by being a believer in God. You got to ask for it. Then the question begins, if I ask people here today, don't raise your hand, how many times in your Christian walk have you asked for wisdom? And if some of us say that we ask for it all the time, I should be seeing it in your life. And I'm sad to say I ain't seen it in my life and I ain't seen it in some of yours. That you are walking around as God full wisdom saints. Because many of us got all these shortcomings. Many of us are having trials come in our lives and we don't demonstrate faith. We don't demonstrate the wisdom. And sometimes it's because we haven't asked. Now, James here is not speaking of a casual request of general wisdom, but specific wisdom for the trial that you're facing. So don't think he was talking about trials in verse 15, I mean, verse 5, I mean, verse, yeah, 5, 4. And then when he gets to 5 and 6, he's no longer talking about trials. He's still talking about trials. He's still telling us how to respond to trials. He's still telling us what we need in trials. So now when he's talking about it, it's not a general, oh, I just want wisdom. It don't work that way. You ask specifically. See, that's the problem with some of us when we pray. We have general prayers. We don't normally have specific prayers unless it's something we really want. So I want to get married. You say, I'm not dumb enough just to have a general then. So then you get a little bit more specific. I want to be 6'2". 180, 190, chiseled. So Sister Wanda was praying real hard, and I walked in the door that one day, she said, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. But see, see my, my mind was, when I was single, I was sitting there saying, I'll get bad remarks for this too. My prayers was I always wanted a tall woman. Age didn't make that much difference to me. But tallness did, because you know why? This, my selfishness and my pettiness. I didn't want any little kids. Okay, so, so I said, if I'm tall and Wanda's tall, we got a good chance of having tall kids. That's how shallow I was. So you know, God probably heard my prayer and said, "I'm not going to give you what you asked for. I'm going to give you what you need." So when we look at it. We're guilty of those general prayers, and God's saying sometimes our prayers need to be specific, especially when it comes to this wisdom. He says, let them ask, and let it be specific. Ask has this ideal of desiring, craving, literally begging, the inferior seeking diligently from the superior. So see, that means I already understand the, the roles I am the inferior seeking something from the superior. I'm not coming seeking him and thinking we're on the same level. We buddies, we friends, that's part of my posse. No, no, no. God said, I am the superior because I'm the one that got what you need. You don't have anything that I'm lacking that I need. So I already got to have that mindset in my head. You the ones got the goodies. You're the one that got the wisdom that I need. So I'm coming to you and I'm desiring to get that wisdom. 
James urges them to seek diligently from the Lord, recognizing their lack and God's ability to provide that which they're lacking. When tests come, especially pop quizzes, James says immediately pray for wisdom. How many of us remember way back when we were in school and stuff, and you would go in there, and it might have been a substitute, but normally it was a regular teacher, and you come in there, and the lady or the teacher says, today we're going to have a pop quiz. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. So if you were a little believer at that time, you're already crying out to God, help me, Lord, because you know I ain't did nothing over the weekend. I ain't read the chapter yet. Give me divine revelation, God, because I don't know. I ain't got nothing in there. So now God says sometimes those trials are going to pop up like pop quizzes. They, they came and we didn't see it coming, but we still know what we need to handle it. So we need to start praying for wisdom. This is prayer for godly wisdom for the ability to view this trial with a godly perspective. The second one is the supply of wisdom. It was a story that is told that one day a beggar by the roadside asked for alms, which is a type of money, from Alexander the Great as he passed by. The man was poor and wretched and had no claim upon the ruler, no right to lift a solicitor's hand. Yet the emperor threw him several gold coins. A courier was astonished at his generosity and commented, Sir, copper coins would adequately meet a beggar's need. Why give him gold? Alexander responded in his royal fashion, Copper coins would suit the beggar needs, but gold coins suits Alexander giving. See, God is saying, sometimes we ask him for <laughs> copper. When God says, I don't give no copper giving. I give gold giving. I give precious giving. Because that's the type of God he is. He's saying, I'm not just going to give you a little dab of wisdom to handle this trial. I'm going to give you more than enough. Mm. If you ask me, God will give us wisdom and he will give it generously. God is not stingy with his gift of wisdom. There is no danger of it running out. Now we know how some of us are. Some of us are big givers, like I always say, we big givers when we out in the public and stuff, and you know, we going somewhere. We had the couples uh, gathering a couple of weeks ago, and they had printed in the program, so you know, I always read stuff. So I read the program, said, we got six or more people, it's a mandatory 18% gratuity. So you know, I already saw that, so I said, we gotta break these tables up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I ain't a high roller. Now there might be some in there that's a high roller. Mine is going to be starting at 10%. If you are excellent, it can go up. If you horrible, it can go down. And some of us know how we give to God. We stingy. We all know the times that we done had a, buy, I mean, a wallet or a purse, and you got 20 50s in there. And you asking the ushers to give you change for a 50. And you said, well, we got all those 50s in there, all those 20s in there. You talking about God can't even get one of them? You got to get change for the one? So now you tell the ushers here, don't have no change. <laughs> we ain't got no change. <laughs> so you either going to put that 20 in, you don't put nothing in there. I don't care. But we ain't making no change for you. You say, oh, they're past any being bad again. 
<laughs> Remember, our lack of wisdom is never due to God's lack of generosity. Our lack of wisdom is never due to God's lack of generosity. He's saying, I am ready to give this wisdom to you unabradedly, without any concept of stinginess. So if you lack wisdom, it's your fault. That'd be my translation of the scripture. <laughs> if you lack wisdom, it ain't God's fault, it's yours. Because you didn't ask for it. Because God is telling you, if you ask me for it, and as we're going to see later on, how you ask me for it, I'm going to give it to you. Because I am a generous God. But let's look at this last point, the sympathy and wisdom. He gives sincerely. God knows our weaknesses and our inabilities. He knows that we lack wisdom and often make faithless decisions as a result. If I don't seek wisdom from God, there is no way I'm going to be able to make a godly decision. Because I've already violated his word that I'm supposed to seek him for the wisdom. So if I now say I didn't seek God for wisdom because I already knew what to do, you have just cut God out of the equation. So what are some of the wonderful blessings of wisdom? Glad you asked. Seven of them. Wisdom gives understanding. Wisdom will protect you. If I'm doing what God has told me to do, it protects my heart, it protects my mind, it protects me from beginning too full of myself. Because by me seeking wisdom, I'm saying I don't know what to do. When I don't seek wisdom, I'm telling God I know what to do. Now I am open to get the big head in a second. Three, wisdom will keep and watch over you. Wisdom, four, will exalt and promote you. Five, wisdom will bring honor to your life. God is saying, I love one of my children that's not ashamed to come to me and ask for wisdom. I love one of my children that when somebody asked them, how did they get out of that trial? They say it was through my wisdom that God gave me to be victorious in this situation. And God is saying, I'm going to honor this child. You know, now we'll say this might not be a blessing in our mind. But God is saying, I'm going to let them even get more trials. Because when I give them more trials and they keep doing the right way, I keep getting more honor. But see, some of us are still so selfish, we say, God, I, I ain't going to do it your way because you might start giving me more trials. Instead of having that godly perspective, this gives me more chances to show other people what it means to be a follower of God. Six, wisdom will see grace in your life. And seven, wisdom will deliver on that last day a glorious crown of glory. God loves all of us. And when we look at this issue, it's not an issue of salvation. Your salvation is not based on how much wisdom did you ask for? How much did you apply in your life? They got nothing to do with salvation. But it does have something to do with rewards. So God is going to say, this child was faithful because they sought me for wisdom. This child was unfaithful and foolish in his actions. 
Uh-oh. So don't leave here and say, well, Pastor Jane said this determine whether you're saved or not. No, because that's a lie, because works don't save you. Amen, 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 amen. So if you interpret that way, you are wrong. How are you going to say you're wrong? Because the scripture tells you you're wrong. So, so now I can sit and have a conversation with you later on. It's never by works. But our rewards are judged. Our works are judged. And here he's saying, if you have not sought me for wisdom, you have acted foolishly. So he tells us in the last days when the kingdom comes to the earth, he tells us some of us will rule over 100, some over 10. Do you think the foolish acting saints are going to rule over 100? They'd be lucky if they get a half a person. And they're <laughs> and they getting exactly what they deserve. Because he's saying you were not faithful. You did not do it my way. And don't ever think when we do something not God's way that God is not aware of it. He's aware. So when we look at this, is he's giving generously, without reproach, without reserve. God will not hold, withhold any of his wisdom. He will give it without finding fault. That's that reproach. God will not insult us and make us feel bad or unworthy for coming and asking him. God will not scold us for coming to him asking for wisdom. He is not like us. We know there are some people, not at South Suburban, but other places. We know there are some people you are afraid to ask them for anything. Because you ain't going to never hear the end of it. I need a little help. Yeah, it's like you need help a couple of weeks ago. It's like when you needed a couple help a couple of months ago. Do you remember what I did for you? You know, yeah, I know we ain't got no saints here like that. Because when you start talking about what you did for somebody else, that means that you did it with the opportunity or the mindset you're going to give me something back in return. And that ain't godly given. God will not rail upon us, reproach us, revile us, or rebuke us. We need not fear him responding with abusive words. So we know he does this because he loves us. So we know he does it because he loves us. We know that he's not stingy, but he's generous. We know that all the wisdom comes from him. So then now, why as children are we not asking him for wisdom? He's telling you, this, this is how easy it is. It's that pot of gold. It's that $1,000 in the pot. You can have it, but you got to ask me. And us as believers, we'll still, a trial coming in our life, and we ain't asking for no wisdom. We focus on the trial. And we, we just starting to learn that it's part of his purpose to get us closer to him, to conform us to him. Because for a long time, some of us, as we were talking in Sunday school class, we're thinking we're going through a trial because we've done something wrong. We're seeing the trial as punishment, where God is seeing this is part of me building character in you. And then you're not understanding. He's not trying you. He's trying your faith. So now that we're starting to understand all this stuff, we should be running to God daily. And not with general ones. Help me, Lord, today. Just throwing something out there that you're hoping that it hit something. God is saying, specifically tell me where you need wisdom today. 
Specifically, everybody sitting here right now got some area in their life right now where you need specific wisdom from God, and some of us have not asked God once. And we're wondering why we're still in the trial. We're wondering why this is still going wrong. And God is saying, you're not following my word. So that's the reason why we're going to take our time through James, because we need to understand the knowledge that's in here, because some of us don't have it. If you don't have it, you don't have it. But now you're getting it. And once you get it, now God expects you to do something with it. So do you know what you don't know? We're going to find out. The next week will be part two. <laughs> do you know what you don't know? And we're continually learning. And then now we begin to put it into practice. And you don't have to ask God for opportunities to put it in practice. He's giving you opportunities every day. The question is, are we going to be obedient and meet those opportunities in faith in God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for the journey that we continue to be on. We thank you, Lord, for using James um, to teach us about trials, to teach us the purpose of trials, to teach us what we need in the trials. And even next week, we'll see how we even ask because we don't just ask any old kind of way, but you even tell us how to ask. Because you're not a God that just leaves things open. You normally specifically say what you want. Then it's up to us to do what you tell us you want us to do. So Lord, we thank you. I pray for my brothers and sisters and myself as we sit here today that all of us are lacking wisdom in some area or another. But I pray that we begin to fine tune where those areas are and we begin to fine tune our praying and we begin to fine tune to understand that you are the superior and we are the inferior. And we, you have what we want and you are willing to give it to us, but we must ask you for it. So, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who might be facing a trial right now, some who may have just come out or some who may just be about to enter a trial, that we understand these steps that you are teaching us in your word. So, Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we say these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.